everybody hears the word construction and thinks, oh, well, but those degrees are just so you can swing a hammer. No, it's much more than that. Um, to be a construction manager or project manager, you have to understand finance and scheduling and estimating and constructability and, and how do things actually get put together and design and codes. And there's so much that goes into it. Construction law is a whole nother piece of that, right? And so th- there's all these pieces that come together and it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting career path that you can take. We are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE Now. I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me, well, I'm just by myself today. Uh, Mike had other obligations to fulfill here, so it's me flying solo, but uh, we were just talking about planes and pilots. I'll be able to fly this plane on my own. Before we get to our guests, of course, we have two guests for you to listen to and learn from. But first, I want you to check out our Facebook, YouTube, Instagram and Twitter, all at the handle HenricoCTE. Check out HenricoCTE.com for updates on all the awesome programs that we offer here at HenricoCTE via Henrico County Public Schools. Again, that's HenricoCTE.com to get more information on the courses. Very good information if you're a student or if you're a parent. We have a huge parent audience. Thank you and shout out to your parents. And also, happy CTE Month. It is CTE Month here in February. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Pocket Cast, a whole bunch of different platforms. We got you covered however you want to listen, wherever you want to listen, we got you. Just hit that follow button, subscribe so you get notified whenever we post. We post bi-weekly at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern. I have to say Eastern because we have a pretty good international audience. But now, with me today, I have Architectonic, VP of Constructions and Strategic Innovation and Eagle Constructions. Uh, of VA principal researcher, Dr. Can I say doctor? Is it supposed can. to be a doctor? Yes, he has a PhD. We'll get to that in a minute. Dr. Nathan Blinn. And then also with him, I have an HCPS graduate, Henrico County Public Schools graduate, architectonic ACT field superintendent, Tyler Butterworth. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Hope it wasn't too hard to find us. Sometimes we get kind of lost here on Nine Mile, um, right behind nutrition and, and transportation, but once you get behind the building and you see that big CTE logo, it becomes pretty clear where it is that you need to be. So, guys, give us some background on Architectonic. What is it and how did it come to be? And I guess we'll start with Nathan. Fair enough. I, I can do that. So about 2018, I was wrapping up my doctorate down at the University of Florida. Uh, and I met Brian Kornblau, founder of Eagle Construction, a local company that's been here since 1984, building homes across the state. We were inducting him into the Hall of Fame down at the Ranker School of Construction down at the University of Florida, where I was doing my graduate studies and got to know him a little bit and did a presentation for him about advanced construction technologies and the impact they can have on the future of an organization and the future of our industry. Found some like interests during that conversation. Obviously, and, right. And as they say, one thing leads to another. Um, and I finished, I graduated about six months later and came up here to start my work with Eagle Construction. Um, as part of my work with Eagle Construction, currently my role as vice president with them is working on constructability, advanced technology, and strategic planning. And then part of my role moving up here was to found Architectonic, a separate entity 
kind of a sub company of Eagle Construction, which focuses on the advancement of construction technology, um, not just within Eagle, but within the residential industry as a whole. Really, the goal for Architectonic is to break down the technological barriers to entry in the residential market um, using some pretty advanced technologies, which um, we'll talk a lot more about today, I'm sure, um, in which Tyler gets to use every day. What's the purpose for that mission, right? So yeah. what barriers exist that you guys are looking to knock down? Great question. You know, when you look at advanced technologies, things like building information modeling, laser scanning, drone mapping, aerial mapping in general, which is a big part of what Tyler does, all of these things have a cost. Uh, both in human capital and, and in strictly dollars and cents. Right. Um, and for a lot of residential companies, that cost is a mountain that can't be climbed. Um, you see the, the use of these technologies in commercial construction much more readily uh, because the numbers are bigger, yeah. right? When, yeah. when you're building some of these bigger buildings, the numbers Absolutely. are simply bigger. So when you're talking about a couple thousand dollars here and a couple thousand dollars there or a $50,000 piece of equipment, that can be justified. When you talk residentially, some of the smaller builders, that, that's a that's a bigger chunk yeah, it's of a bigger the profit ask. margin. It yeah, is. It's definitely a bigger ask. And on top of that, then you have the skill gap. The advanced technologies that we use and the things we do, it's hard to find people who are proficient in using those technologies. And so to be able to hire somebody full-time to do those things is even another big ask uh, to, to get somebody like that on staff. So our goal was to help find ways that these technologies are effective in an industry that's currently underutilizing them, um, and then demonstrate that use while providing opportunity to our trade partners and other builders in the area to start really making change in the industry. Got a chance to talk to Tyler when you guys came out to the house building project and, mm-hmm. and brought out that awesome Faro focused laser scanner. Yes. That thing looks like something out of the future in the present. And <laughs> It makes 3D images. I'm not going to even try to explain it. We'll let you guys do that later. But first, I want to go through titles. We mentioned a lot of titles. So what is it that you guys actually do here uh, with Eagle Constructions or Architectonic? Fair enough. So I'll go ahead and start and then let Tyler jump in. Yep. You know, my, my title with Eagle Construction is Vice President of Construction and Strategic Innovation. So I work on everything from product development and constructability analysis into the integration of technology platforms and technology protocols into our building. A lot of words to basically mean I figure out better ways to build the homes, ways to build them <laughs> faster, cheaper, and how to get the right tools in the right people's hands. My goal is to give everybody the data and information they need as quickly and efficiently as possible so they can do their job the best they can. My principal researcher title with Architectonic is really that 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 entity is intended to be very research focused. So we develop a lot of applications and sub-applications for the technology we use. And so in that role, I also work with universities on grants and research projects. And we work on and we're working with some research papers and different things. So the principal researcher role in that space is really where I the researcher in me that I found during my time during my doctorate studies gets, yeah. to, gets to play and really start to try to find ways that we can kind of break out of the traditional building methodologies. It sounds like uh, you use the technology and also research how to make that technology more efficient. Exactly. Is that a, exactly. a perfect understanding? Okay, sounds good. It's a nice combination. Nice combination. <laughs> it sounds exciting and, and ever-changing, much like the technology I'm sure that you, you're using and also discovering how to make better. All right, Tyler, what is, that, what is it that you do? So I get to play with all the uh, technology toys. So um, <laughs> my role is advanced construction technology field superintendent, where you get the ACT from, mainly in charge of managing all of our fields and equipment and collecting all the data, producing reports for it. So that includes um, drones, laser scanners, and GPS surveying. What's your favorite one to use? Right now, probably the drone. The it's, always, drone. it's always a good day when you get to fly the drone. So. Yeah, and you know, the drones, and what I'm learning, because I kind of wanted to get a drone myself, and if you want to fly it commercially, don't you have to learn a little bit about 
aerospace and things of that nature. So what was that process like for you, Tyler? Yep. So me and one of my other coworkers both had to study and get your part 107 um, FAA unmanned aircraft license. So you head up to the airport, you take a test, you pass the test, and they give you a little card that lets you be able to fly commercially. So Yeah, that was a little intimidating when I read that. And yeah. then I also <laughs> saw the book. The book is not as thick as you imagined. I think they printed it on this really, really big paper right. to make it not <laughs> appear as thick as it would actually be if it was printed on regular size paper. But guys, take us down your career path. How'd you get to where you are today? Uh, you have a PhD in construction management. Is that the correct title? Yes. Yeah, so my, my PhD is in design, construction, and planning. Yep. I got a master's degree in construction management and a bachelor's degree in architecture. Okay. Is that something uh, that is typical of someone in your position or... Uh, y- yes and no, okay. uh, in a lot of ways. Um, uh, you know, I have a handful of colleagues and, and kind of contemporaries around the country, and we all kind of took different paths to get where we are. Uh, as you mentioned, advanced technologies are ever-changing and ever-evolving. Right. Even when you look at the world, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, things were drastically different. Um, there's things we can do now that, when I was starting my research, were big wins, if you could figure out how to do it. And now two buttons and it's done and you move on. I mean, it's fun to look back on that, all the days we toil over things, and then 10 years later, it's just normal. Uh, but that, that's kind of how progress works. But So my career path, I started in architecture. I did my architecture degree up in Rhode Island at Roger Williams University. Was convinced I was going to be an architect. That's what I wanted to do. And during that time in architecture school, while I was passionate about architecture, I, I found a greater passion in trying to make sure projects were able to be completed and in solving those problems. Gotcha. You know, the the buildings we all live in are getting more and more complex and there's a lot more at play than there used to be. And so it's time for those methodologies to advance. And and so I kind of found this problem solving space that I really fell in love with, which was using the 3D building information models, which are intelligent data loaded models to produce drawings and to produce constructability analysis and to be able to identify opportunities for improvement to create savings both in time and finances and all of those pieces of the puzzle. And as I found that, my mentor kind of started directing me towards that graduate school space of, you know, well, maybe explore this a little more. Right. Um, And I found my, he became my PhD advisor and is now a close friend, you know, family friend of mine and somebody that is a big part of my life, as happens with your PhD advisor in in a good situation. Uh, (laughs) I went down to the University of Florida with Dr. Raymond Issa, and I started studying, researching, diving in on things. My thesis during my master's degree was on the feasibility of unmanned aircraft systems in construction. So I got to start playing with drones early, uh, which is where some of it started. My friends always joke, you just you're not at grad school. You're just playing with drones all day. I said, well, that's a carefully selected career path. Right, that's there what, you that's go. That's right. what yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So you selected it so you could play with drones all day. So I could play there with drones all day. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they always say, do what you love. And so Absolutely. I started to get into that space and research drones. And then and then that kind of kept going. Um, I started yeah. getting into teaching these building information modeling courses and understanding what those could be. And then laser scanning, and which we'll talk about with the CTE house and yep. reality capture and how all of those things tie together. And then as I molded into my doctorate, what I started to focus in on was, okay, all of these things are great. And in a bubble, each one of these technologies are fantastic. Right. Uh, you know, it's like the, the classic, you know, you go to, somebody gives you an example of how something works, and of course it works. It works perfectly. And then you bring it to the real world, and well, maybe not so much. <laughs> and so my focus really during my doctorate and now in my career is on how do you use these tools, because that's what they are, effectively. And how do you make effective decisions about when to use them and how much to use them and where it's appropriate to use them? Because what happens is when you do all of those things, people start using them more because it's effective. And you don't get that burnout of, yeah, we've switched softwares 100 times or, oh, yeah, we spent a lot of money on this technology. And I guess it kind of made that drawing a little better. But, you know, is it worth it next time? 
you know, when you really make these decisions thoughtfully, the technology actually provides a benefit, which is the whole goal. Um, and so that's where I kind of found my, myself and in, in my doctoral thesis was on that. And you sound really, really passionate about it. I can tell in the way you're talking and, and in your mannerisms. Did you always have this love for, I guess, problem solving? I think so. From the time I was a kid, I'd take stuff apart and put it back together. And, yeah. you know, my parents would tell you that for the most part, things worked when I was done with them. For the most part. Uh, for the most part. <laughs> you know, a couple VCRs back in the day that probably didn't. But if you don't know what a VCR is, kids, Google it. <laughs> Google that's, it. A, that's a good point. Yeah, look that up. Um, the, the, the tape rewinders there is another go, whole device. That, that everybody's using great. Disney Plus and Netflix and exactly. stuff now. But we had those VCRs, the VHA, VHS tapes and everything on there. It was but a whole different world. whole yeah. different world. You had to be kind and rewind. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> My whole life, I was always very curious about things. Um, and so when I got into architecture, I was really passionate about buildings. And, and then I found this place where I could take my passion to understand things better and make them better and apply them in, in a field that I really fell in love with. It was kind of this beautiful marriage of random parts of my life as I moved through graduate school. CTE, Career Technical Education, we're in the business of exposing kids to different career pathways. Mm -hmm. So they maybe you can find that spark and be passionate about something and use something as simple as problem solving and say, what careers involve problem, problem solving, right? right? Where can I be successful and where's the need for the problem, that problem solving soft skill? Right. Uh, so what is some advice that you would give any student trying to find that passion? The biggest thing I tell everybody is don't be afraid to explore. Right. Right. You know, at the age of 16, to, to know what you're going to do the rest of your life is fantastic. But that's just not always the case. It's, and that's, it's a huge ask. It me. is. And that's okay. Explore a little. Yeah. You know, put the effort in. See what you like. See what you don't like. You know, if you start down a path and you realize, oh, well, I like this part of it, but not that part, put some good thought into that. You know, what, what does that mean? What other options are out there? Spend time talking to people. You know, I think within all of those things that I just mentioned, the biggest thing is talking to people. Spend time with people who are in the industries, who have been in this industry or that industry, or who had a career change. Listen, you know, take all of that in, because in all industries, regardless of which one it is, and it's especially true in construction, they're all very small. Yeah. You know, you'll meet somebody that knows somebody that you worked with, and you're in another side of the, you what, know. What do country. they call it? Five degrees of separation or something exactly. like that? It's like a book or a YouTube series <laughs> or something. I've heard that somewhere. Someone along the line said that to me, but that's very true. Yeah, and so th I think that's my biggest piece of advice is, is get out there and start talking to people. You know, explore it. Understand what things are like and really kind of do some self-exploration as to which parts of that really make you tick. Because right. when you find it, Works not that bad. So Tyler, let's bring you in. Graduated from Heraco County Public Schools. What school was that exactly? Um, Godwin. It, Godwin. Yes. Yep. I don't know why I kept wanting to say Glen Allen. I knew it was one of the G's. <laughs> yep. But Godwin, you got you came out of uh, Godwin High School. What year? 2017. 2017. So pretty, okay. Yep. Four or five years ago now. So. All right. So how'd you end up here? That's a great question. So <laughs> I um, went through all of Heraco County. So I grew up here my whole life, pretty much. Went to Short Pump, Pocahontas, and Godwin. Unlike Nathan, I mean, I personally had no idea what I wanted to do. Growing up, my dad and his whole family went to Auburn, so I was Auburn, always a diehard Auburn fan. So pretty much I was like, I was going there no matter what, doesn't matter what the degree was, I, was, I wanted to go to school there. Went in undecided to Auburn, took a Explorer major class, which helped, but I, would have, I was starting to fall behind. So if I stayed in that program, I, it wasn't counting towards any degree, so I needed to switch into something. That's why I think the CTE thing is great, so I wish I, if I took advantage of that back then, I think that could have helped prevent me from going into the undecided major. So then I switched into pre-business, 
looked at the course schedule after that, knew that wasn't for me. After my first year of college, I decided to either take a gap year or like just take some time to figure out what I wanted to do. But also, I, I told myself I'm getting a bachelor's degree. I wanted a four-year degree. It was too late to transfer in state, so I went to Reynolds for a semester to finish my gen ed. Then I took some um, intro to criminal justice classes, which I found pretty interesting. So then I was able to transfer all those credits to VCU and finish and ended up in four years with a degree in um, criminal justice and another one in Homeland Security Emergency Preparedness. Okay. And now I work in construction. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you know, you wouldn't be the first one that got a degree and then ended up in a totally different field of what your degree is. In fact, that is a, a very, very common story that we find here uh, on this program. I mean, in fact, some people end up going to school go to school for two semesters and be like, you know, this is not for me. And somehow mm-hmm. they end up in a construction job or a, a hands-on job or even health services later on, right. becoming a nurse, becoming an EMT. But um, did you take any, so you didn't take any CTE classes in high school, maybe something in middle school? Keyboarding classes. So. Yeah, keyboarding yep. is, is CTE related. Anything really that helps you get ready for the real world. <laughs> so uh, what about you, Nathan? Did you take any uh any CTE classes in high school, middle school that you can remember? So not that I can remember. Uh, you know, went went to high school up in New Hampshire. I took a lot of AP courses and those sorts of things as I got into into high school. But um, the career te- technical education style programs, I can't recall any. Yeah. Um, I know I did take in middle school. I did take a, a, a course that included some drafting and a few different yep, things. Yeah, that's, that's us. And so I guess that would be considered. Yes. I guess that's what it would be these days. Yeah. And and I do remember that course vividly. And it's kind of funny, you know, all those years ago doing something that I'm still doing. Today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's kind of how, you know, they you, you want to draw it up, right? You know, you got mm-hmm. those skills and hopefully they're paying off somewhere uh, in the long run. Right. So uh, name some of your favorite projects you guys have worked on. And uh, Architectonic, how long has it been around? You... So founded that part of Eagle in 2018. Okay. So, so okay. So 2018, favorite project you worked on. So mine's going to be the historic St. John's Church laser scan. We go scan the whole church inside and out and build, give them a 3D model to have just for mm-hmm. building. Yeah, so it was back in 2019 for the AIA construction event. We actually partnered with St. John's Church. Um, so we partnered with their foundation and were able to go in and laser scan the whole facility, provide them as-built documentation, full 3D BIM models, and, and kind of give them everything. And then we actually had our interns take that 3D model and convert it into a CAN version of the model oh, nice. so that we could build the church out of CANs at one of the museums downtown for the event. So it was kind of interesting to be able to scan that, get up into the bell tower, get underneath the church and see some of those things and to do some, you know, historic preservation type laser scanning. Yeah, you know, yeah. t- typically we're starting with blank ground, new house. And so this was kind of an interesting, an interesting project, which w- was also interesting for the modelers because then they came in to actually model the church based on the laser scan. And these laser scans are millimeter accurate when we're done. And so it was interesting because they started modeling and they were like, you know, these, lo- the- these walls are not plumb and they're not square. I'm like, of course they're not. <laughs> they're hundreds of years old there, yeah. there's no way that they are yeah um, and so it, it was it was a really great project i think for the whole team and our interns that summer and um, and then to be able to have it be part of a philanthropic event like construction uh, for if that feed more benefited from was, was really great that is awesome so uh let's take some of the mystery away surrounding the laser talk that we're having uh, right yes. here so what is the faro focused laser scanner and what can it do laser scanning is kind of a part of this subgenre of advanced technologies called reality capture. So it's how do we take the 
real world and bring it into our computer environment so that we can use our 3D building information models and make decisions about how we're going to build things. At the end of the day, I tell my team all the time, we can have the best 3D model in the world that is accurate and the data's right and we know what everything is, but if we can't get it from there out into the field, yeah. then it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so the reality capture piece and a lot of what Tyler does every day is bridging that gap. How do we take the virtual world and marry it with the real world? Faro is one company that makes a laser scanner. There's a couple others that do as well. We just happen to use Faro. Their laser scanner, what it does is it essentially uses a number of different processes to take millions of measurements and create a 3D model based on those measurements. So when you look at the 3D point cloud is what it's called, it's millions and millions of tiny points spread out that make a millimeter accurate 3D model of whatever it is that you scan. Oh, wow. That allows us to bring that into our environment and verify things, verify square, plumb. We can verify floor deviations. We can check all of that. We can also then model from it to create a full data-rich 3D model. So what we did with the CTE house was we brought that device in. Tyler and his colleague Remy used two laser scanners that day and went through the whole house in about an hour. Hour and a half. Yeah. Hour and a half. Yeah. Collect a number of laser scans. Then they brought it back to the office and registered those scans together. So basically, you take all these individual scans and put them together into one clean 3D model. Cool. Um, and that allows us to measure anything and everything and check every component of the real world and bring it into that virtual world to make decisions about what we're going to do. Awesome. So Tyler, take us through like a, a average day of scanning something. I guess that's the way to ask the question. So Fair enough. you have to scan a site. What's yeah. step one? First of all, find a site. Um, preferably, it's when nobody's there. So the less human interaction, the better, because it, if it sees you, then it's picking you up in the scan. Unfortunately, so, like um, me, I was all around that camera with the camera. <laughs> I brought my camera out, and I'm scanning the camera, the, the scanner with the camera, yeah. and I'm sure I was like all in those three right. pictures. I haven't got a chance to look at it, yeah. but yeah. But uh, Thankfully, with the software, I was able to crop you out. Oh, wonderful. So. <laughs> Good. So you get to the site. Normally, we do it once mechanical, electrical, and plumbing are all inside the houses, more eagle houses before installation so you're able to capture where everything is. It takes about an hour, hour and a half, depending if you're doing black and white or color. It takes two to four minutes and you just have to move the scanner around the house with enough overlap so that when you go to put it onto the software, the last scan can see the next scan and they all can be able to stitch together. Okay, so the software does the stitching together for you or is it a manual process? It's an automatically assisted manual process. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of both. Uh, the, right. You know, the software is extremely intelligent and yeah. then you give it a jump start. So, okay. you, you know, Tyler goes in and tells it, okay, this wall in this scan is the same as this wall in this scan and this point in this scan is the same as this point in this scan, which really gives it a jump start. So then it can do its computed automated final stitching while only having to move things a little bit rather than trying to figure gotcha. out everything. Okay. Completely understand that. Mm -hmm. So let's gear our, our conversation towards careers inside of, of mm -hmm. this field, specifically where you get to work with cool technology like Tyler does on a daily basis. What are some of the entry level positions that are available to someone who wants to, if they're listening to this podcast, maybe break into what Tyler's doing or something around that field? Yeah, so th there's a couple different paths that you can go. Um, you know, we're not the only industry that uses some of these things. There there's right. a lot to do, especially, you know, shipbuilding, some most of the industries that have really tight tolerances on things. They'll want to bring in the real world and make sure that things are accurate. But, you know, in our industry, you talk about some career paths in construction that are really great or moving into that construction management space if you wanted to be out in the field. So working as a project manager or superintendent, finding an organization like ours, there, there aren't any others that I know of in this area, but there's a couple others that just do scanning. So there's uh, one other company downtown that does that. 
And so you can kind of get your feet wet in yeah. that space and, and understand what that is. Really what's starting to happen is, you know, the positions like what Tyler does, we specialize to be able to help everybody. Um, when you get into some of the commercial companies, commercial construction companies, they have departments that do these things as well. And so there's a number of different paths that you could take where you can get in and start with some internships, start with some opportunity to see. Most companies kind of set things up a little bit differently, depending on how they use the technology. Sure. Um, so it's hard to say, oh, this is the position you're right. looking for, Absolutely, right? right. Um, but uh, most companies, especially when you talk about commercial construction, and then and we've kind of taken our seat at the, the head of the table for residential construction, will set things up in a way that you, you need all types of different people to help. Right. You know, there's the field support side, and then there's the office translation side, and then there's actually building the building. Right. Um, and so there's a number of different career paths that are starting to integrate this technology within the construction management space. So what would you say are some of the requirements as far as education is to break into a job like Tyler's? You know, there, there's a number of different levels. Right, um, of course. You know, if you want to get into... And feel free to break those levels down, too, because... <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll start with, you know, if you want to get into construction management, project management, you're in that space, there's a number of you know, universities around the country that have construction management degrees and can prepare you for that. Everybody hears the word construction and thinks, oh, well, but those degrees are just so you can swing a hammer. No, it's much more than that. Um, to be a construction manager or project manager, you have to understand finance and scheduling and estimating and constructability and, and how do things actually get put together and design and codes. And there's so much that goes into it. Construction law is a whole nother piece of that, right? And so th there's all these pieces that come together, and it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting career path that you can take that can bring you in a lot of different places, from industrial construction to residential to commercial. And in that space, typically what you're going to see is somebody who either has a, a lot of experience in construction can move into one of those spaces, or you take the career path towards a bachelor's degree, a four-year bachelor's degree in that space. As you move into, of course, some of the drafting and product design and 3D BIM modeling pieces, there's the architecture path, so it depends on if you want to come at it from the design side. Sure. You know, there's the path to go there. But then there's the, and then the construction path, of course. And then there's the other path where if you want to come in and you want to use the building information modeling courses, there's a lot of great programs that are two-year programs or career-focused programs that really gain you that proficiency, certification, and knowledge in those specific pieces of technology so that you can become the expert in those things. And there's career paths there as well. So you kind of, from a, a career standpoint, you could go the master's degree path, the bachelor's degree path, the associate's degree path, or the career path, and find what works for you. Right, um, or, or you could start maybe one path and end up on another. Exactly, exactly, and, and that's, that's the beauty of it, is as you start to find what you're passionate about, yeah, dive Scott, into it. Yeah, Scott, <laughs> so, sort of the limit. So Tyler, what, is, what are some advice you would give somebody that wants to do what it is that you're doing right now? Coming into this job, I had no idea what can, like, I didn't know anything about construction. So, like, even, I remember Nathan, like, the first couple of weeks, they kept talking about in the field, and I had no idea what in the field meant. Like, you had to make field. that connection. What yeah. is in the field? So, it's job sites. I figured that out. Yep. But um, I started out doing a lot of the field work. So, that's a great way to learn about construction because you work with a lot of different departments. So, everything I've gained is from, and construction is from this job. Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed doing that. Were you nervous coming in through the door and how were you able to, I guess, uh, settle those nerves down and really get into what it is that you do on a daily basis? I mean, I was definitely nervous at the start, knowing that if anything happens, it's really it's going to be expensive to fix, but <laughs> that's, that's one thing for sure. <laughs> but I mean, just over time from practice, I've just, I know what to do and what not to do, what works, what doesn't. So. And I will say, I mean, in three years, what Tyler's been able to do is take, because he was working while he was doing his degree at VCU. Okay. Um, and so in three years, he was able to go from 
essentially no construction knowledge mm-hmm. other than you know basic common knowledge to he's now an extremely proficient advanced technology operator and data processor and th- the things that he can now do i bet if you asked in the beginning of 2019 the, the answer would have been i don't I, I don't understand the question i don't know what you're talking about but by diving in and taking the initiative and asking questions and pushing things and learning he can now fly drones do fully automated drone mapping for job sites, laser scans, GPS surveying. And that's all from the drive that he's had over the past couple of years. So if you want to go get it. All, everything you guys are talking about sounds really, really complex. Uh, but that's a good thing, though, because like you said earlier, Nathan, uh, people think construction, they don't necessarily think this big picture. So I'm going to ask you to put that doctor in front of your name here. Dr. Nathan, what, what are some of the biggest technological changes that you've seen in your time researching the construction field? Great question, and, and, and not an easy one. There's a lot going through my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think technologically what we've seen is really a focus on data. Mm-hmm. And that sounds boring, but I promise it's not, or at least for me it's not. You know, the, the move in construction from, hey, we're going to get some plans, and we're just going to have to go build it. It's right. all sticks and bricks. We're going to solve the problems, and we're just going to figure it out. The, those days are starting to become obsolete. You know, no, we're trying to do away with the days where there's a problem out in the field, out on a job site, and so you get the architect and the engineer and the this person, and there's 12 people standing around trying to decide how to solve a problem. Because of the amount of data we have through the 3D modeling and through the, the ability to bring in the real world, we can make all those decisions up front. Right. So now we can have those decisions before we ever clear the lot or before we ever put in a foundation. So I think the biggest technological advancement I've seen is the access to data sooner so that people can make better data-driven decisions. Um, and, and really what it's unlocking for us now is, you know, I call it my mountain of data, my server at the moment, <laughs> is every one of the homes that we've built for the past uh, almost four years now, we have a 3D model for, which means I know exactly how much material went into every component of that home. So in that 3D model, when you click on a wall, it's not just a shape with a width. It's drywall, studs, insulation, vapor barriers, sheathing, siding. It has all of those components wow, in it. Wow, all that information from, from scanning? Uh, no, all that information is from the, the building information model. Well, oh, which is, bu- which yes. is initially you scan it and then you right. get more information. Exactly. Other and, means. Then, and then when we do our frame checks, we now take the scan and put that back Got into the model. You. So okay. for me, the biggest advancement in construction has been the use of data. Um, you know, you saw it in manufacturing a number of decades ago, and you saw it previously in, in constructions here. You know, the, the, the data move is here to stay, and, and my role and our role is to bring it to residential construction, which is a little bit behind commercial. So let's uh, bring it all home here. What is uh, some advice uh, you would give students trying to break into the industry, and uh, how can we get more students excited about construction, construction, the construction field in general? So I think for me, the... Advice I'd give to somebody who's getting into the industry is is get out there, do an internship, get out into the field, talk to people who are in the industry. Um, everybody that we work with, subcontractors, our colleagues, get them talking about it, and trust me, you'll get more information than you need. You know, you've probably noticed from my ramblings today. So it's I, I wouldn't out. call them ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, you know, I, I'd get out there and start talking to people, see what's yeah. out there. It's more than just sticks and bricks. There's a lot to it. And that's engineering, civil engineering. I mean, there's so much around this world. And really, for me, what's exciting about it is we get to shape the world we live in. And what does that mean? What does that mean to you? What does that mean to the other person? You know, how, how do you do that the right way? And so th- there's really this interesting twist to it. And so, you know, my advice is just to get out there and explore it. 
and it might not be a good fit, but it might send you down a path that finds the good fit yeah, somewhere it, else. Yeah, that's often what exploration does here. 100%. Take, take a center course. We have masonry. We yep. have uh, all kinds of, we have CAD. Yeah, computer automated drafting where we use Revit. Yeah, and, and I'm so sure you guys try, are familiar try with some that of those. software. Yeah, hundred. That's that's what we use. Um, so explore it, see what's out there. You know, find what you like, find what you don't like. None of that exploration time is wasted. You know, none of the time you spend trying to determine what you like and what you don't like and which paths you like, none of it's wasted because it all will get you to a good place when you when you do it and you really work for it. Um, so I think that would be the piece of advice. And then as far as getting people interested, you know, coming out exploring those CTE programs, coming out to the CTE house, seeing what they're up to, seeing what there is, and understanding it's more than just one thing or two things. There's hundreds of peoples and people involved. Um, and then I know, you know, love to partner with you all to see what we can do about getting people out to job sites and doing things to just show people what it's like. Um, awesome. I'd like to get some drone demonstrations, maybe. You know, I, that, kids love the drones. That, that, that we I can do. I love the drones. <laughs> that we can do. All right, Tyler, uh, what's your take on this? Uh, so advice for breaking in and advice for getting kids interested. I think your all CTE programs are great. Like Nathan said, just ex- explore it. Nothing, nothing's permanent. Just if you, if you find something you don't like, just keep moving on. Life's too short. <laughs> Life's too short. Try stuff. Yep, mm-hmm. keep you trying know, new try things. And uh, yeah. don't be afraid to fail and you'll end up where you need to be. All right, guys, that's all the time we have here for Henrico CTE. Now, I want to remind you to check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Check out HenricoCTE.com and learn about our CAD program. Learn about all the other programs we have there as well. If you're a student, if you're a parent, share it with your student. Again, that's HenricoCTE.com. You can find the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast. The list goes on and on. Just go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell to get notified whenever we drop a new episode. All right, guys, that's it for us here. I'm Rashawn Garnett. This has been Henrico CTE Now. Until next time, so long, everyone.